Welcome to the Transform Sales Podcast, where forward-thinking business leaders come to share their experiences and ideas, learn from each other, and amplify their results together. Hey guys, Amir Ryder here with the Transform Sales Podcast. I got my guest, Samuel Belzen, CEO of Purple Sales. I think I, I, think I butchered your last name if I, I pronounced it wrong. Yeah, um, no, no, it's perfect. <laughs> I, got, I got it, man. It's good seeing you again. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for the I, opportunity. I, yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity of being uh, of, of having you on the show, and also you being one of the, uh, the 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 founding agencies as part of our marketplace. I think we first connected maybe a year ago, and time has flown since then. Been a year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Well, 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 for those listening, whether it's the first time listeners or or active listeners, the idea of this show, especially these episodes, is, is really to talk about. Uh, mistakes that buyers make, right? I think in the outsourced sales business and the sales agency business, there's a repeating theme of, I tried outsourcing before and it didn't work, right? Um, so we have buyers that come that have tried it before and in their mind it didn't work for whatever reasons they think it is, um, or first time buyers or people that realize that, um, you know, their inbound funnel is great, but it's not going to have them hit goals. So the idea is to be transparent about some of the learnings you've experienced so that by listening to it, they become better educated in the sense that when engaging an agency like yours and another, they become a better buyer and a better teammate. Um, but before we get into that, it would be great for everybody listening to hear a little bit about yourself, your, your background, and, and how you got into the industry of, of helping people hit their forecasts and financial goals to begin with. Love to hear yeah. that story. Yeah, thank you, Ami. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I've been in sales, uh, software sales for 20 years, uh, working for uh, SAP, Oracle, Dassault Systems, Attachmate, Sejid, and uh, in Europe and North America. I moved to North America uh, 15 years ago. So what happened is uh, I decided, you know, to master sales uh, and then uh, set up a business. And I, I didn't know how to monetize my experience. And that's the, the way I jump uh, by chance, I think, uh, in sales agency business, I realized that uh, it was very crowded. <laughs> so there is a lot of players. And uh, how do you stand out is really uh, uh, the knowledge, uh, sharing, be honest with uh, clients, and uh, sharing uh, best practices to, to get results fast. Well, well, for those listening, right, I think it's a repeatable theme. Sam became really good at a hard thing, right? He mastered selling software sales, software in general, and then decided that he got so good at it, he'll build a company around his service to help others, right? That's, that's the theme that, that we're, we're hearing often. And that's, that, that's uh, how did you, after 20 years of sales, how did you keep such a strong head of hair? That's my question for those listeners. I'm like, you're, I'm, you're rocking and roll, you're rocking and rolling here. Yeah, so I, I'm passionate about sales. So uh, my parents are two sales uh, men, uh, so I would, and women. So uh, I, I've been raised in sales. Uh, I study, so I've done a study. Uh, I, I was lucky to study as well. So I have an uh, hybrid uh, profile. Uh, I'm passionate about strategy and sales. So how you implement strategy uh, and get uh, those uh, uh, st strategy plan, sales plan, you know, implemented and reaching the goals in a realistic way. Uh, so it's really uh, that. That's uh, wake me up uh, every morning and say I want to do better uh, for were, my clients. Were you given were you given a uh, were, were you given a quota from your family early on to hit? They gave you a quota in life. Yeah, so so my my, my family like sometimes they uh, they gave me challenges when I was a kid, you know. So when everything is closed, they say, "Hey, we need bread. Uh, can you find bread?" So <laughs> I went out. I was ten years old, and uh, everything was closed, and uh, 
I went to restaurants and I say, hey, you know what? Uh, we don't have bread tonight. We are short on bread. So can you send me a, a baguette or something? And it was in France. So, and uh, they love it. And uh, very often I had challenges like that. And they pushed the boundaries of uh, not to be shy, trying things. Uh, it was very interesting. So And to be problem solver, right? At the end of the day, it's, it's, it's to solve problems, right? Customer support, you know, react to things. Sales is figure out figure out what offer makes sense to people and solve, solve, solve issues, right? So that makes sense. Um, jumping into to your experience, let's talk about things that come to mind in general for anybody listening to this so they can, they can maybe not repeat some of, because at the end of the day, right, we live in a world where if you're a software company, a million dollars in recurring revenue could equal $10 million of valuation, right? We're, we're talking about something that adds tremendous amount of value to companies and we don't want people to make mistakes. What do you see as a repeated theme where people come to Purple Sales, they book a time with you, what mistakes are they making that you yourself, you know, you don't say, oh, this mistake is gonna make it harder for them to become a customer, but the mistake is more lines of, man, these guys are gonna end up selecting the wrong agency because they're, they're asking the wrong questions or they're, they're focusing on the wrong things. What, what comes to mind there? Yeah, I have three points. Like, you know, it's easy to remember. Uh, one is the expectation they are too high in terms of uh, meetings. Meetings is a uh, sequences. The number of meetings is, is a consequences of uh, consequence of what you have done and implement the framework you have implemented. And then you can uh, pull up the the volume, you know, pump up the volume uh, of meetings because everything is right. It's just a question of putting more manpower in the mechanism and the framework you have built. So that's the first mistake. They set up expectation from, from the month one uh, that uh, they are irrealistic. And then do, the, do, you think that's based, do you think that's based on the campaign, on, on the lack of education of what, you know, and, and this is not fully defined, right? Like we, we call it a market validation campaign. People have different names. But do you think it's because companies come in not understanding the difference between a market validation campaign and a campaign designed for a return on sales and ROS? And then their natural inclination is always to say, I put a dollar in, I get $2 out. But if they don't have market validation and they don't have a process, you can't, you can't jump to step two. Is, is that that's right. Biggest... Yeah, that, it, it's really put the cart before the horses. So uh, in some cases, if they have done it, we have a playbook fully backed by the client and they say, we need just manpower. Do it. Uh, we know everything. We know the sequence of emails. We know the pitch. We know everything. Just give us great people and we, we, need, uh, we expect that number of meetings. And I think you, it's feasible. So, yeah, so, so, so it's, from high level, it's very like, like that's IPO, yeah. right? Like your IPO, your Series D, you have product market fit, right? It's like, Sam, you do A, B, C, D. We've done this for 15 years. You'll get X. But most companies that are before those part, whether they like to admit it or not, they don't necessarily have, well, let's call it product market fit or even value of a meeting fit, right? And it's constantly changing. And this can happen for many years, right? Before that's companies right. become. That's right. Yeah. That makes so, sense. So, 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 so the idea is really, uh, if they understand that the expectation of meetings uh, is not the number, I would say, the quality is very important. So let's say you have three, four meetings a month, but they are high quality and 75% uh, of them close. <laughs> this is crazy. You know, you have an amazing ROI. So, uh, but also what you need to know is the runway. So, 
you have an assignment of three months, four months. It's very short, like it's crazy. So we have to rush out and do things uh, uh, quick and dirty and, and, and go fast. Uh, if you have an assignment of six months, at least you can do really well on the validation of the value proposition, on testing, uh, tweaking the message, be agile on different campaigns, launch one, two, three, four, ten of them, uh, take advantage of automation and tech stack, and really focusing on the one they react, you know, the signals and make the calls and, and follow-ups by emails, uh, take the time to, to do a great follow-ups with brochure, uh, case studies, stories, and uh, value point. Then they set up a meeting, they know what they will expect and they want to buy, So, uh, which is amazing. This makes a lot of sense to me. And for listeners listening, what Sam is really saying is that unless you have a, a repeatable scale of process that's been baked out over time, you're really living in, in, in a state of, of market validation. And, and, and if you are going to reach out to an agency like Purple Sales or any agency you like, and you're going to say, hey, I got a six-month sales cycle, but I want an ROI in three months, you ain't going to get it, right? And if you're, if you're too focused on meetings and not the quality of meetings, it's not really giving the agency the time to get the data back to know where to focus, right? Because you might find that a certain persona is saying yes to meetings, you make 100 meetings, you got 5% closing, and then that might not get the ROS on the long term versus making five meetings with the right people where four close, and, and by right people, high conversion rate, high, high successful onboarding, right, and high feedback. So you're almost, you're almost forced to say yes because you feel that if you, don't, if you don't say yes to the buyer, they might go somewhere else, and they're going to experience a buyer that says yes, we'll get you these things, and they won't, and they'll fail. And then it's almost, you almost need a company to be in it for six months, 12 months to really get the program. And I'll agree with you because during my days as a service owner, um, what we found was that the month by month deals were always unhappy and canceled. And what we found was that the six month, 12 month deals were always happy. And we would let people out. Like we did contracts for 12 months. And if people didn't have certain expectations, we wouldn't want to be working for them if it wasn't fitting, but we found that there is a sweet spot, right? And there's a sweet spot between how do you educate a buyer to almost come in with the mentality of I'm going to give this six, 12 months with or without a contract, knowing that an agreement can help a buyer and a seller get the results they want. It's a tough pill to swallow, but oftentimes if you don't have that commitment, either mentally or, or contractually, you might not get the results you want. And I've seen that myself, and 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 I will second, I will I will support your your claim. That is a symptom of this industry. What do you think we can do to help solve for that? Yeah, I think uh, uh, it's really like uh, uh, expect from sales agency a, a more strategic work than just a call center activity. So mm -hmm. if they believe that we can bring uh, strategic thinking. Uh, and really helping them with their go-to-market validation, expansion, or anything else like that. Uh, so they will share with us uh, as a consultant, uh, you know, a lot of information, and then we capture that information, and we showcase that we understood. Uh, and then uh, it's really like that relationship that is building up, and then uh, we have uh, a trust that is built, and then we can share best uh, ideas, you know, on both sides. Uh, yeah. So uh, I think if we just uh, um, think and reduce the idea of a sales agency as a call center only, uh, 
uh, that's really uh, uh, the, the wrong path because now we can take advantage of the technology. There is so much that we can do with LinkedIn campaign, email campaign, but the golden is really conversation on the phone. So yeah. how, yeah. So, so no, but so, so it, it's also a light of, of, of this concept of like, when are you a high, you know, like, when are you this, why are you considered this call center where you're low cost, you know, like we're going to beat you up versus a, a high value consultant, right? Like we live in a world where like Deloitte and these big service companies can get 500 bucks an hour for their expertise, right? And you're yeah. bringing that same expertise, but it's the perception that you're a call center perception that you have these wins and then companies actually fail to extract some of your highest value, which is telling people what's happening with the messaging to the right people, right? That's a high level thing. Hey, we're sending this message. It's getting this kind of response. Should we tweak it? And because of the way they buy, right? They fail to extract some of the most high level things for you because they have a perception of, I want results now. I have no plan. This is a call center, but in reality, you're operating like a Deloitte of outbound sales. You're just not charging 500 yeah. bucks an hour, right? And That's it's right. like, if you charge 500 bucks an hour, and it's this weird thing, right? Like lawyers that charge 300 bucks, 200 bucks an hour, like have a, have a miserable life. And then the ones that charge $1,000 an hour, right? All of a sudden you get the best customers, right? So I think buyers have a small window of actually extracting um, high level value from leaders like Samuel. And I've seen Samuel on calls with customers where he was been diving deep himself to solve problems. I, I witnessed it. I think he worked with us, Gerald Tony, uh, on some mutual clients that came to the marketplace. And, and it's interesting because buyers make the mistake of, of not understanding that, hey, if you're going to hire a VP of business development to build your program, and then he's going to take a 150K check and leave you in 12 months for a bigger, better deal. And then you got Samuel Valzan, who's been in the business for 20 years, and you have his experience from 20 years of selling software. You probably should treat him like a high-level consultant, even though you're not paying 300 bucks an hour. Is, is that right. in yeah. summary? That's right. Yeah, it's, it's, so some clients are, are smart, and they understand that, <laughs> so they stay with us. <laughs> no, but they're listening. Uh, they, they want to be smart. I think, I think it's natural tendency to think – we're here to tell them that, right? At the end of the day, the idea here is to tell them that like, hey, you've been in this business 20 years. You're not charging 500 bucks an hour. They're getting the consultancy through your service. But yeah. if you focus on an ROI that on a nine-month sales cycle, you're selling an enterprise product, $50,000 ACV, nine-month sales cycle, you think you're going to R in six months, you're just fundamentally going to have a pressure on the relationship that will eventually let it break versus saying, how much value can I get from understanding It'd be great to get this ROI, but I know that I need a process first, and then you're happy, right? And it's a lot of it. I, I think it has a lot to do with the uh, instantaneous culture of I want it and I want it now, right? I think we live in a world where everybody can get what they want now, so they feel that same way as business development, but it's not the case, right? That's right. It, it, it takes time, but it's, it's short at, at the same time, because if you compare uh, the other path you can take is you hire a director of sales or VP of sales, and that guy will not make calls. That guy will not make uh, any sequences. No, he'll call a cloud task or he'll call you to solve, solve his problem. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it, 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 it's much uh, interesting to equip your existing team, your core team. They know the product by art, and they have 15 years of experience of your solution, uh, your discipline. And then uh, we can uh, extend that team, you know, with uh, uh, a team that is in sync uh, with uh, the vision, the goals, and the talk uh, to accelerate uh, 
that booking of meetings, uh, they are meaningful to set up uh, great deals for you. Yeah, like that makes a lot of sense. I've seen it in action. Now I remember the customer. It was a it was a startup. Correct, I'm not going to name names, but it was a startup that didn't have product market fit. I was figuring out, and I think you've been with them for a long time, helping them change messaging to get the right fit. Right. So yep. this is constantly happening. Um, any other mistakes that buyers make besides besides the ones mentioned that come to mind before we kind of jump into like who, who the best people you can help are? Anything else? No, that, that's, I- I would say it's uh, pull the trigger too fast. Like, uh, okay, now I have the fund, you know, I raise money. Uh, let's have a director of sales, uh, account executive, SDR, uh, buy outreach, and let's do it. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, first, you have to validate, you know, uh, how you go to market. What is your messaging? Your playbook. You have to work on the playbook first. Uh, and uh, the only way to validate a playbook is really to do some testing, you know, sample of campaigns and see how the prospect react on your playbook. And then you can tweak it until it's good. And now you can hire a big team. So very often what we have, they work with us and then they validate everything. And they say, now we want to build in-house our team. That's fair, you know, and we work on specific project they want to launch or maybe a new country or a new vertical or a new offering. That's fine. Uh, But at least that's the best path, I would say. Well, look, you say it's fair because you're being pretty correct, but I would beg to differ that it, 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 that when companies do a market validation with an outsourced sales campaign and then have this concept of we'll do it in-house after, I want to remind them that in a game of sales and a game of math, two plus two equals four, right? So one of the biggest mistakes that I think people make is that it is okay to hire a sales agency to figure out the market validation. But if you're going to then fire the agency and hire internal, you have no A-B testing, meaning that if your team that's internal does not keep the metrics up or needs help, you have, no, you have nothing to follow up, so your pipeline can actually fail. And if your goal is 1 million sales in year one, you might open $10 million of pipeline to hit 1 million sales. But if your goal is 5 million in year two, you might need $50 million pipeline. So I would I appreciate you being nice and saying that's okay. I would tell you that if your pipeline goals are what I just mentioned, then you probably don't want to fire anybody. You probably want to hire an internal sales team to compete internally to keep metrics high and act as one team so that you get the end results. Because uh, like I love to admit it, Sam, those companies that do do what you just said, they oftentimes lose pipeline, right? That's right, yeah. So I, I, I appreciate you being nice, but I don't need to be nice. I can be honest. If you do yeah, do yeah. that, you're going to lose pipeline. Yeah, yeah probably don't want to follow up. But don't, don't fire the company that works. Hire some internal yeah. people. Push their numbers up. Push on purple sales. Hire another agency too. Maybe you need seven agencies and 70 internal reps, right? There's no rule that says to get to 100 million revenue, you need to have 100 SDRs internally. The only rule is get to 100 million dollars revenue, right? Um, That could take working with seven agencies and seven internal people, right? And that's something that I think is a big deal that people should do. The the hybrid model is the best one. Uh, That's what happened in many uh, consumer goods, for instance, you take another industry, you know, they work with internal uh, uh, creative design team and they work with contractors all the time, you know. Uh, so it's really uh, that combination that brings a lot of uh, uh, competition internally and uh, uh, exactly bring the numbers up. Uh, you're right. It does. You know, it's the truth, right? And, and at the end of the day, when you, when you go to your bank accounts and you see a million dollars of revenue, the bank is not going to know that 50% of it was from internal, 50% was external. It's going to just look at the number, right? So I think the yeah, border, sure. I think we're going to realize that like internal, external has, is going to go away, outsourcing inside, right? Like, like we, 
if you can communicate fast, you get the answers you want, you're paying money for an outcome, it, consider it all internal, right? Because I think this concept of internal versus external only hurts people's pockets. Um, I can't fix that right away, but I think it does. Um, tell me a little bit about the, the, the people that you're listening. I'm going to try to get you to, to, to narrow in to, to, to the people you can help the most, knowing that you help a big spectrum. So when it comes to people that you work with, you can only choose one, a service company or a software company. I think I know the answer because your background. What are you going to pick? Uh, software. <laughs> uh, software company. Yes. Software it's fine, companies. right? I'm like, you can help services, but you can only pick one software. What does that company look like where they just, they get the experience they want, you overwhelm, but you just delight them. Are they, you know, uh, startup, seed round, series A, series D, publicly traded? Is there something that you just see over and over again where when we get, when you get this kind of meeting, you're smiling and you're like, I know this business almost better than the buyer. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's really the maturity of the company in software. Like uh, when they are out of the way of uh, the seed round and they are aiming Serie A or B, uh, that's where we can help a lot. Because they have tried, they are educated, they know how it's, it's work. Uh, they have uh, all the tools in mind. They know the challenges. And they say, oh, that makes sense what you bring to the table. Uh, I want to work with you. They are educated. Because they already went for the ROI and then they realized yeah, that they, 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 they went like, through that. Hey, yeah. 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 So I love, I love what I hear. You know, I want to try. So let's, let's give a shot. Let's try. Uh, and then uh, very often that target uh, works very well. So it's really companies, they have raised money, uh, not too much because they, they think only in, uh, in-house, you know, when they raise too much. Uh, but when they have raised a little bit and they are still figuring out uh, targeted and uh, how they, they can grow their pipeline and, and close more deals, uh, they need help. And they have tried. They have a team. So we can relay on that team as well. It's always good to have a counterpart inside the company to deal with and to work with. If there is no enough bandwidth to work with them, uh, it crashed. Uh, it's really like where they have already a team uh, a marketing team or sales team, and they, and they want much better. So n now we this makes sense to me. I, I've seen you. I've seen you work with startups, man, and I've seen you do things that I thought were way hard and and, and going. Like, so I, I know, right? Because now I've seen you do this with, with people that didn't have product market fit, that were startup startups between CloudTask and and you. Um, now I know. It makes your fit makes sense. I'm like, I, it, you know, if you have 20 years of software experience, for me you have much more experience probably than a lot of the CEOs, sales leaders and leaders that are in the business. And they need to understand that by hiring Purple Sales, they're hiring you and your experience as well and your leadership team, right? And, and 20 years of software sales experience is hard to find um, these days, right? And, and, and for me, I think, that, I think, I think you're going to have a, a great year in 2023 finding those type of companies because right now we have all these companies that are software companies that raise funding, right, or got their Series A even before what's happening in the market. And now they're just going to have to run their business more profitably, which makes more sense for them to engage a sales agency and just focus on hiring account executives where they can coach the calls and improve a closing rate from 10% to 20% because people forget to realize that you're, you're, you need less meetings if you have a higher closing rate, right? That's a huge uh, changing. So I think, I think this is going to be, uh, I think you guys are going to be doing pretty well in 2023 because there's a lot of companies that fit your profile. Um, for anybody listening, what's the best way for them to contact you? If they're, if they're, if they're in that sweet spot, they're, they're a pure software company, 
any any ACV metrics you guys look for? Is it above 25k, below 25k, above 50k, or it's okay? <laughs> any any no, other uh, sweet spot before we? Uh, no, uh, I, I, I'm a good and uh, the the idea is uh, I want to try. Like uh, if they want to try with us, it's fine. Let's try. Uh, generally, uh, a try is uh, six months. You know, three months is very short. In six months, we can do great. Uh, and it depends of how much they have and uh, what kind of budget they have and what they want to accomplish in six months. Uh, but definitely, we, we, we can help here. Uh, at least we can assess. So they go to mypurplesales.com uh, on the contact us page, and uh, that's it. And uh, or they can uh, definitely uh, contact me by email directly, sam at mypurplesales.com. Well, we're definitely going to be extracting more content from your brain because you've been in the business for a long time. So we're going to be helping the community, but this has been awesome. I, I appreciate you for being on the, the, the Transform Sales podcast, Sam. And uh, anybody listening, I, I go to purplesales.com, find Samuel. He's super helpful. He's super passionate. And uh, he cares because he does. I, I, my first interaction with him was based on that. He was like, who's this mirror guy? Does he really care about the outsourced sales business? Took a little bit of time for me to to get him uh, aligned with us. But ever since then, he's been a great contributor to the community and always giving facts and points to help everybody become better buyers. And by better buyer, we mean you get an ROI, you get what you want, and you build a billion dollar software company. It's a big deal, right? So uh, I appreciate you doing the, the being in the business of hard things of hard things. And for everybody listening, uh, follow us on uh, cloudtest.com to learn more information. Sam, thank you, man, and take care. Thank you, thank you, Amir. Thank you, thank you, everyone. Bye. You got it. Take care.